I think it's a pretty obvious statement to say that being a ruler or being a king or being somebody who has power or control is a really important thing. And that influence and that power and that rule can be used for good purposes, it can be used for bad purposes, it can be a positive, it can be a negative. And, and throughout history, our world has known many, many world leaders. In fact, I want to show a, a visual of some of those world leaders. Raise your hand if, if you recognize every one of them. A few hands going up. Not all hands are going up, though. And those of you who raise your hands, okay, I'm going to quiz you on them. <laughs> I'm kidding. I won't completely put you on the spot. Uh, let's just jump over to the, the top right corner. Who, who do you think that is? Actually, out, up top right corner. Right corner. And that is, that happens to be Alexander the Great. That's actually a statue, not really his picture. Um, but Alexander the Great, known as one of the greatest military leaders of all time. And his conquest that, that uh, basically came, took over the entire Macedonian uh, Empire, as it were. And, and, and he was also known, I, I remember this story about Alexander the Great uh, that I heard years ago of a time where he had surrounded a fortress and uh, he was greatly outnumbered and uh, there was no reason why uh, his troops should cause uh, the enemy as it were to surrender. I mean, they were behind the fortress. In fact, that was when he shouted out, surrender immediately and they laughed. They said, why would we surrender to you? And, and that's when Alexander the Great had his troops march toward a canyon where it was a drop off cliff and one after another, his soldiers just plummeted to their death until he gave the command to stop. And they marched back, and the enemy surrendered immediately. Because he thought, they thought, if, if they are that willing to die for their leader, nothing will stop them. What a story. Whether good or bad, Alexander the Great went down in history as a great military leader. Um, how about the guy up top left? Anybody know who that is? Winston Churchill, I mean, think about what his leadership was marked by, you know, one of the most crucial, important times for leaders to show their worth in the face of adversity, and Winston Churchill did just that, managed to shine at that task. Um, he was British Prime Minister and leader during World War II. Um, he was an able leader, an emotional man, but his greatest victory was in his motivation for others to defend themselves against the Nazis determination, his perseverance, and patriotic devotion uh, toward his people in Britain, and to go forward and win the war with the help of the Allies, and one of his phrases, keep calm and carry on, which won the day and won the hearts of the people he ruled and served. Um, how about the, the guy in the, the, just underneath Winston Churchill, anybody know who that is? That's Julius Caesar, and and, and as everybody knows, he is the originator of that great salad you like to order with chicken. Um, now, Julius Caesar, also known uh, Roman military leader and a genius, uh, to say the least. He played a critical role in, uh, in the rise of the Roman Empire. He's not only quick and smart on the battlefield, but he also devised great strategies and a plan for the expansion of the empire and he had great political finesse with the help of which he conquered almost all of Western Europe. His decisiveness, his abilities to outwit his opponents made it possible for him to gain a strong following. Uh, and uh, also Shakespeare happened to 
penned one of uh, his great plays, Julius Caesar, based on his life. Um, he was, unfortunately, murdered by one of his good friends, Brutus, unfortunately. Uh, and there's that. Um, how about people like uh, Martin Luther King Jr., as, as mentioned there? I, I remember in, in tying that in with Abraham Lincoln uh, at the top. I mean, I... Some years ago, you've heard me talk about this, my trip to Washington, D.C., two years ago with the eighth graders. I've never been there before. And, and how we stopped at Gettysburg and then went to Washington, D.C. And, and, and the overwhelming theme I heard in the, in the sense of, of our freedom as a nation is the ongoing resounding struggle for civil rights. And, and we still see that continuing to play out among our, our people today. And, and just great men in that fight for civil rights, like like Lincoln and, and being at Gettysburg and just realized the bloodshed that was waged really ultimately for civil rights and, and to see that continue and a, a man like Martin Luther King and to stand on the steps where that over the, the mall where he made that great I have a dream speech and, and his ability to speak and, and connect with people and, and to share vision but to do it with nonviolence and, and to set that tone as a pastor as he was, and a man of the cloth, a clergy, uh, and to understand that calling, to do so without violence, to, to lift up truth and, and righteousness. Um, what a man. What a great leader. George Washington, of course, founding father of our nation. You, you, you've got someone like Nelson Mandela, who also you want to talk about a man fighting for civil rights and and uh, a man who in South Africa became elected eventually as the first democratic president of South Africa. And, and that after spending 20 years in prison for standing up for civil rights. And, and I, I've seen pictures of the jail cell where he spent those 20 years. You could look across, out on an island, looking across uh, the water back at his nation. And his prayers for his people, his desire for a day to come where civil rights would win the day and against apartheid. 20 years in prison, imagine that. And, and to come and emerge from that and, and, and be elected and, and serve his people. These are some of the traits of, of great leaders. Now we got Hitler there, just as a, a show to say, power can also be very corrupt and very evil in what one does with power and influence and, and a dictatorship as, as Hitler demonstrates. Got Napoleon on the, the bottom right. I mean, these are people, or FDR, and, and his leading our nation into World War II and, and some of his calls for, for unity in those times. I mean, these are, these are leaders of great times and some challenging times in nations. What marks great leadership? And, and what is it about leaders that are able to connect with the people they serve that maybe invokes in them an ability to stand up and rise up and, and step out in, in, in the midst of struggle and hardship. What is it about great leaders? I ask that question today because we celebrate as God's people, Christ the King Sunday. This is the, the last Sunday of the church year. This is a, where it all culminates in the, that eminent return of God in glory in Jesus and, and the one who has come to reign, not just in a temporary kingdom, because if you think about these men, as great as they are, for many of them, all that is left is their memory. And, and as time goes on, the influence of humanity 
over what leadership reigns in, in its given time often fades and, and becomes lessened. But how is it with our God? A God who reminds us that His reign and His glory is eternal and is calling over us as King of kings and Lord of lords. And what kind of influence does He have over us and over our world today? I remember way back in Sunday school and even into confirmation, learning some really big words. And, and maybe you remember these words and you've learned them before too. I want to put them up here. Three big words, kind of fancy words, theological, churchy words. And, and let's just read them together. Omnipotence, omnipresence, omniscience, or as I remember learning it as a kid, omniscience, right? And, and three big words that, that are used to explain or give the attributes of who God is and what God is like and what God does. Love those words. Omnipotence, which is another way of saying, shout it out. All-powerful. That God is all-powerful in all things. Okay? Um, how about omnipresence? What's that mean? God is what? He's everywhere. God is always president, or present. Not president, but always present. Omnipresence. And then we've got omniscience, which is another way of saying God is what? All-knowing. You've learned this too. And, and, and it's just a good reminder who God is and what God is like and what are attributes that mark God as, as a Savior and as a God who reigns victoriously as our King. I want to try something with you. Uh, we gave this a shot last night in, in 5 o'clock worship, but we're going to try it here at 8 o'clock today uh, because I think it's helpful just to ponder those attributes of who God is. And what we're going to do, it's a little different, I admit it. We're going to read through Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 20. And as we do, I want you to note what attributes of God's character, uh, of God's reign, are being noted by the Apostle Paul as he writes by the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, to make this even a little more interesting, I, I'm going to ask you to be involved in this process. And so what I'd like to recommend is, let's do it this way. This group, actually there's a nice line drawn right down the center of this section into, because you, you, you guys need some help and reinforcement. You are going to be the group that shouts out omnipotence, okay? I don't know if they're with me on this one. You're gonna shout out omnipotence, okay? Okay, and in this center group over here, you are going to be omnipresence. Can you do that? Yes. Omnipresence. Say it. And then this group over here, you are going to be, of course, omniscience. Okay. So, uh, we're going to read verse by verse. Or actually, I'm going to pause and I'm going to say, what do you think? And if you think, hey, this is an example of omniscience, shout it out. Okay? Or if it's an example of omnipresence, shout it out. Or if it's, you, you get the idea. So, let's try this. Paul writes by the Spirit, he says, For he, God, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. <laughs> Weak. You can't say omnipotence and say omnipotence. Come on. 
serious. This is going to work. I think so. Power over darkness, over death, over sin, over Satan. This is omnipotence. Strong power. And brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. What do you think there? I'm thinking omnipresence because Jesus comes near to us. God has brought us. He's touched us with His love. So I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm thinking omnipresence. That's, that's where we're at on this one. And some of these, there is no right or wrong answer. It might be all three, and you can shout it out. Really, it's okay. The Son is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. This is bombing. This is... We'll keep going. For in Him all things were created. What do you think on that one? Omnipotence, power. God said, let there be, and there was. And all things are created. He goes on and he says, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Omnipotence. I would argue, too, it could be omnipresence because he is present when he creates from all eternity and his knowledge and know-how in order to create those things that actually work and function. And there's so many examples of that. Now in verse 17, he is before all things. What do you think there? Omnipresence. He's always been and he always will be. And in him all things hold together. God is holding it together. What is he? He's powerful, but he's also present. And he is the head of the body, the church. To be the head and strong enough and powerful enough, but also present enough and smart enough. Shout out together. Yeah, all of those. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. What does it take to overcome death? It takes power, doesn't it? It takes presence. It takes a God who had the ability and the willingness to intervene in our broken condition, in sinfulness and death, to be the one who conquers the grave. This is the kind of God we have. So that in everything, he might have the supremacy. Omnipotence. For God was pleased to have all his fullness Dwell in Him. That is in Jesus. Present with His people. What do you think? Omnipresence. And through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. How would you answer that? Attributes of, just shout it out. It's our last one. Absolutely. And what's the application of all this? Let me ask you, with what you're facing today in your life circumstances, is God big enough? Is God strong enough? Is God smart enough? Is God present enough? With whatever you're battling, with whatever you're struggling with, you said, but I'm so alone. Nobody understands me. Nobody knows what my struggles are. They don't understand my shame or my fears or where am I going to go? Who gets that? And God says, I know you. 
And, and, and if you lack wisdom, James even writes this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask of God, and, and God is smart enough to answer and give us wisdom from on high. What an answer. What a promise. He said, but I feel, I feel like I'm damn so alone. I don't sense or feel God's presence today. And a Savior who says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I am with you today. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you are, God is present with you today. You get a chance to celebrate that presence of his very body and his blood that, that strengthens our faith and gives us that touch of his forgiveness today. What a gift that is. Or you look around you and you say, man, what is happening to this world? Or how are we going to face this, this future? Where am I going to find the, the resources? Or, or maybe there's fear of relationships in your family or marriages that are falling apart. Or this week, thinking about who's not going to be around the Thanksgiving table. Or maybe worrying about who is. And where is that conversation going to go? And the God who says, I'm powerful enough to give you strength, to give you peace, to give you the ability to be calm and carry on because our God is big enough to face whatever we face as we turn to Him, the God who is Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the one who has always been and the one who will always be. And we praise the Lord for who He is and what He is like and that He's with us today as His people. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank You on this Christ the King weekend. We thank you for who you are, are as an almighty God who truly is omnipotent and omnipresent and a God who is omniscient, who is smart enough and present enough and strong enough to face whatever we face today as your people. You've shown us your love. You've shown us that you, we matter to you by what you've done as a Savior who's laid down his life, be willing to go the way of death, and yet by your great power and strength and perseverance, you overcame death for us. To reign and, and give victory as a king, a king of kings and lord of lords. And Lord, we turn to you today for strength and power and knowledge and ability to know we are not alone. And we praise you for this truth today and for eternity as your people now and always.